Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Chrissy G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, November 8th. This is the 10 a.m. meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, page XV, forward to the second edition, third paragraph only, starting at the spark that was to flare. And we're reading the that paragraph only and commenting on that paragraph. Today's readers are Rachel N.M. is reader one. 12 Steps is Isabel F. 12 Traditions is Athena B. Reader two, Carrie S. And Waiting in the Wings for us is Dion R. Um, the reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, November 7th, 10 a.m. meeting is 10,647. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, share, who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's Fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating eating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Isabel F. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. My name is Isabel uh, F. from Massachusetts. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, <clears throat> came to believe that the power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we are entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of His steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Isabel. And I will now ask Athena B. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Athena B., recovering overeater from 
Northern California. These are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be a service. I pass. Thank you, Athena B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderator is one year and for reader is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page XV forward to the second edition. It's the third paragraph only, starting at the spark that was to flare, and everyone please press star one to mute, except for our first reader, Rachel N.M. Good morning. This is Rachel N.M. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater and anorexic from Ohio. I am grateful for the opportunity to do service this morning. 
The spark that was to flare into the first AA group was struck at Akron, Ohio, in June 1935, during a talk between a New York stockbroker and an Akron physician. Six months earlier, the broker had been relieved of his drink obsession by a sudden spiritual experience. Following a meeting with an alcoholic friend who had been in contact with the Oxford groups of the day. He had also been greatly helped by the late Dr. William D. Silkworth, a New York specialist in alcoholism, who is now accounted no less than a medical saint by AA members and whose story of the early days of our society appears in the next pages. From this doctor, the broker had learned the grave nature of alcoholism. Though he could not accept all the tenets of the Oxford groups, he was convinced of the need for moral inventory, confession of personality defects, restitution to those harmed, helpfulness to others, and the necessity of belief in and dependence upon God. Um, The first thing that strikes me about these paragraphs is the simplicity of the story that's told. It's an amazing story and miraculous, um, but the story is told um, and just just one paragraph here. There's there's not a lot of drama, and for those of us with addictions, um, we tend to be at least I should say I could speak for myself. Um, it's easy to be dramatic, um, but but this is um, Doctor Bill. This is the story of Doctor Bill and Abby and um, or Bill and Doctor Bob. Excuse me, of course and. And they don't even mention their own names, um, and it's it's kept very simple, which is an excellent uh, example for us as we um, share, as I share my story, that I simply tell what God has done for me, and um, and keep it simple, and and humble. Um, the second thing that uh, strikes me is that it it tells about how Dr. Silkworth um, told him the grave condition of his alcoholism, um, which we know is the physical allergy, and that that is something that we never want to play with. And then, but the solution is in the spiritual experience. Um, the and and he simply says that that's moral inventory, confession of personality defects, restitution to those harmed, helpfulness to others, and the necessity of belief in and dependence upon God, which um, reminds me of chap- page ninety eight, where in working with others, um, it says we can't ever rely on anyone else or anything else besides God. Um, we simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people and ahead of dependence upon God. Um, I, I've i really appreciated um, my OA group and the big book. I I love them dearly, and I don't know how I would have recovered without them. But most of all, 
my dependence has to be upon God because God never changes. Um, and and so I'm very thankful for what God has done for me, and I pass. Thank you so much, Rachel and M. We are reading today page XV, forward to the second edition, third paragraph only, starting with the spark that was to flare, and now we're open for people to share. Who would like to speak? Sherry S. Barbara Sherry, E. Sherry S. Barbara, Barbara E. Thank you. Leslie W. Leslie W. Jody E.Q. Jody E.Q. One more. I have Sherry S., Barbara E., Leslie W., Jody E.Q. Okay, we'll start there. Sherry S. Uh, Can I be up to list Teresa D.? Sure. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Everybody star mute. And Sherry S., please speak. Good morning, Chrissy. It's it's Carrie with a C, Carrie S in Colorado. Good morning. Um, gratefully recovered in Colorado. And um, I just have to celebrate that here in Colorado, we were gifted uh, last October, uh, one of our lovely OA historians, Harlan, came and shared and gave me just a different understanding of history um, that we see here, that this is Bill Wilson, the, our stockbroker, that's going to run into Dr. Bob in, in Akron, and, and then our friend is going to no less understand a better um, understanding of our nature, our malady from Dr. Silkworth. And um, so I'm just so grateful that here in Colorado, it's that, like we just read a few days ago, the twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up. And, and just by getting the message of depth and weight by recovered individuals has really blessed this this area. And so I have to also have the be convinced. I like where it says um, Bill had to be convinced of the need for, and then it goes on to have these five areas. But I looked up the definition of convinced. It's to bring to belief, consent, or a course of action. And and for me, I had to fully believe that and have the hope from hearing other people have recovered through honoring this beloved big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, that that hope, seeing their recovery, gave me the, the willingness to take this course of action, this willingness to get out of the, the grave nature of my illness. And, um, you know, I know Halloween is past, but for me, the images of skeletons, uh, you know, being recovered has gave me this suddenly this huge sadness is just representing the way our disease really can crush us. You know, as humans, we starve ourselves, you know, the lengths to which we self-abuse and restrict um, give we have this grave nature of we can't live a full, useful life. And, um, and you know, it's really profoundly sad what this disease does. Um, I had a newcomer yesterday in, in our face-to-face meeting, and it's just so um, unbelievably tragic what we do to ourselves, and that's where I was, and I, and I can't ever forget what this disease does to me. So I, I have these steps, this moral inventory, this confession of my defects, the restitution to people I've harmed, 
I get to be helpful to others. Thank God I have this necessity of belief in dependence upon God. And I'm so grateful for this phone call. And um, thank you, Chrissy, for moderating. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Carrie S. And now we have Barbara E., followed by Leslie W. Hi, this is Barbara E. from New Jersey. So grateful to be able to listen to this 10 a.m. meeting today. I real I never even read the foreword to the edition, and I skimmed through the doctor's opinion way back 21 years ago when I started. Why would I want to read the, the forewords to the first, second, third, and fourth edition? But how brilliant, like our Constitution with amendments, each edition changed. And what a perfect a combination of personalities. The brilliance of, Doc, of uh, Bill Wilson in writing this book. The humility of Dr. Bob, so necessary for me to begin to encompass and incorporate into my life. And the willingness to step forward, Dr. Silkworth, to share his opinion. What a combination, a really, a trinity. When I came into OA, I totally perverted the steps. Step one for me was was insanity. I admitted I was powerless over nothing and I could manage my life perfectly and I could manage those of anyone else who'd allow it. Step two in my rule of insanity, I came to believe that there was no power greater than me. How powerfully wrong I was. I needed an outside power. I'm reading a book now, a fiction book, not, not OAA-approved literature, so I won't mention it, but it's set in the dark ages. And I think that's where I was, lost in the dark ages, where there was uh, the witch trials by dunking the woman in the water. And if she didn't come to the surface, she was innocent. But if she came, she was guilty. So it was lose-lose, as it was lose-lose for me. For the men... If, if they did something that the community deemed wrong, they, were, they had to place their arm in a vat of boiling water to retrieve something. And if their um, boils and wounds healed in a week, which they never did, they were innocent. But if they didn't, they were guilty. Lose, lose. And that's what I was about. I lost all the weight and gained all the weight lost all the weight, and gained all the weight because my thinking was all skewed. I made a decision a decision to have my family turn their lives over to me, not for me to turn my life over to a higher power. And that came slowly to me. It didn't come in the third step. It was definitely a spiritual awakening, but it was so worth it. And to live in step 10 through 12 on a daily basis is what I need, what I must do, and never put food first. Food in one hand, life in the other, and I don't have to clap. Thank you to the big book. Thank you to everyone on the meeting. And thank you to the three people, Bill, Bob, 
Dr. Silkworth. Oh, let's go further to Ebby and to the Rockefellers, senior and junior, for what they contributed to this. There were so many people who helped make this program what it is for us in 2017. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Barbara E. and Leslie W., you're up. Hey, thank you so much. This is Leslie W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. Um, <clears throat> though he could not accept, meaning the broker, could not accept all of the tenants of the Oxford groups, he was convinced of the need of, for moral inventory, confession of personality defects, restitution to those harmed, helpfulness to others, and the necessity of belief and independence upon God. And in this one little paragraph, he's just broke down, broken down all the steps and given us the outline. He was not convinced that he didn't believe, or I don't want to say believe, accept, he couldn't accept the principles of the Oxford group. Okay, maybe he wasn't a Christian. Maybe he couldn't buy into the Jesus thing. Fine. I love this um, freedom here because it tells me that I don't have to believe like other people believe. You don't have to believe like I believe. But you do have to be convinced, just like I had to be convinced, of my need for a step four, my confession, step five, six and seven of my defects, helpfulness to others, 12, necessity of belief and independence upon God, and that's one, two, and three. Um, You know, I really don't like doing a moral inventory. (laughs) There's nothing fun about looking at my part. I would love to stay in the column two all day, but column four? What is my part? That sucks. I don't really want to look at that. But I do want to get well. So I don't have to believe like other people believe. I don't have to like other people. I don't even, like in this program, if, you know, there's, there's a lot of times when <clears throat> voices annoy me. Hey, my own voice, my own voice annoys me. But you know what? I know I need it. I know I need to hear these voices. I know I need to work these steps. Because I don't have any better ideas, right? Like my way of doing it never got me anywhere but miserable. So today I am completely convinced of my need for these steps and completely convinced of my my need to participate in these meetings and privileged to be able to do so. And I thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you so much, Leslie W. And we have Jody EQ followed by Teresa D. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered today in California, and thank you, moderator, for your service. So I like this metaphor that he uses here, the spark that was to flare into the first AA group was struck at Akron, Ohio in June 1935 during a talk between a New York stockbroker and an Akron physician. It's just a beautiful uh, 
picture that it paints for me. It is, it was a spark and it did flare and it started to burn <laughs> wildly and it's been burning ever since and that fire has been growing um, without a control pretty much from not only within AA but other 12-step programs have have been sparked from this original meeting of, of course, we know now, Bill Wilson, the stockbroker, and uh, Bob Smith, the physician. Of course, we like to know who they are, don't we? We don't, they're supposed to be anonymous. They're trying to be anonymous, but, but we know now. <laughs> um, and yes, it's the steps that that uh, that made this fire proliferate as it has. The 12 steps are the foundation of the program, which these this last sentence talks about the moral inventory, the confession of personality defects, the restitution to those harmed, helpfulness to others, and the necessity of belief in and dependence upon God. So, as we know, um, as we understand him, should be added here, a belief in and dependence upon a higher power as we understand it. Um, we don't, we aren't told how to believe in this higher power. It's our own conception of God. We don't even have to use the word God if that is objectionable to us. And even if we are atheist, as some of our members are, these steps still work if we work them and rely upon some concept of God that makes sense to us. Um, why doesn't it work for that many people? Why do not so many of us get recovered, perhaps? Um, because this, isn't, this is simple, but it's not easy. As was mentioned already, do I really want to look at myself and my part in things, my defects of character? Am I willing to make restitution? That's not an easy thing to do in many cases. Am I willing to spend my time, my precious time, my money, my resources of various kinds to help others? Am I willing to turn my will everything I think I want in life and my life over to the care of this concept of God that I understand, which I may not understand. So it's a tall order. Gentle reminder. Thank you. Um, but as we see it working in others, so can it work in us. us. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jody EQ. And now, Teresa D., you're up. Teresa D, press star one to unmute. Okay, we can open up for more shares, and if Teresa pops up, we'll we'll put her in the lineup. And we are sharing on page XV, forward to the second edition, third paragraph only starting at the spark 
that was to Flair. And who would like to share on that? Wendy yeah. Carolyn C. Teresa Carolyn C. C. Teresa Carolyn. Wendy M. Is that Carolyn C? Rita S. Yes. Terry H. Rita. Rita S. Terry H. Terry K. B. Teresa D. Okay, Teresa, you'll you'll be first, Teresa. So I have Wendy. Teresa D, Carolyn C, Rita S, Terry H, somebody K, K B. Sherry K B. Is it Sherry? Yes. Okay, thanks, Sherry. Thank you. And Kathleen O. Wendy Kathleen M. O. And we're gonna. Who is that? M. Wendy M. Wendy. Okay, we're gonna stop there, Wendy. Hopefully, Wendy M. will will get you and. We're going to start with Teresa D. And if everyone could keep your sharing to um, three minutes or less, that would be great. And Teresa, you're up. Everyone else, start one to mute. Hi. Um, um, okay. Um, is it all right if I share? Teresa D. Can I be Yeah, heard? sorry, Teresa. Teresa, go right ahead. Okay, sorry about that. Hi, uh, my name is Teresa D, and um, I am a recovering compulsive eater just for today. Um, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, I uh, I just have to thank God. Um, and there is a song that think, that says um, makes me feel alive. And you know, today I have to be very grateful for this program and for the pioneers that came before me because I am alive today, and that is. Um, more than I could ever say. That's a miracle. That's a miracle for this this compulsive overeater. Um, I like to refer to myself as a heroin addict um, when it comes to compulsive overeating. And um, so anyway, I just wanted to uh, thank everybody um, for uh, everything you do and for uh, Bill W., Dr. Bob, and um, w William Silkworth, um, you know, for this great program we have today. Thank you. Thank you so much. And now we have Carolyn C. followed by Rita S. Hi, this is Carolyn C. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks to everyone who's doing service today. Um, this is Carolyn C. Gratefully recovered for today in Colorado. And, um, what speaks to me in this passage is the, the idea of people getting together and that spark being created and that there is such power in being witnessed by other people. And, um, you know, I love these calls. These calls are what keep, help keep me grounded on a daily basis and remind me that there are others struggling on a daily basis or or living joyfully on a daily basis which is even better um and the you know from the very beginning of my working this program it's been clear that the most important relationship i have is with my higher power but second and so close behind is the relationship with other people in program and not just being on the phone calls but actually going to meetings and hearing the message and sharing this message of depth and weight that 
not only I can share, but is part of the reason I am on these calls and part of the reason why I have found recovery on a daily basis, one day at a time. And so I'm, I'm just so grateful that there is a venue. And if there wasn't, I would be creating one. And I hope that people that are on these calls that feel like the meetings they go to aren't healthy or that there isn't a message of depth and weight that you can that we can each we can each understand and and including myself how important my presence is to a meeting whether i say something or not that being witnessed and witnessing other people as we recover from this disease is so incredibly powerful and you know just hearing the four words and understanding that importance between the two and three people that gathered. Um, Dr. Silkworth was a doctor. He did not heal the people that were recovered through this program, but he created a space and he witnessed people and he allowed people to tell their story and to create this program. And um, it's just so important. I'm so grateful for this program and for everyone on this line. And thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Carolyn C. We have Rita S. up with Terry H. next. Hi, this is Rita S. May I be heard? Yes. Hi there, everybody. Um, this is Rita S., newly recovered in Northern California. Um, I just finished um, my my um my journey through the big book with a beautiful step guide uh last night <laughs> so here i am on the line and i just wanted to um echo a lot of people talked about the word spark and that just so resonates with me today because when i think about that dark place that i used to be in um for decades you know um the darkness just kept getting darker and darker until it was just pitch black, you know, in my soul, uh, in my house, just feeling shrouded with black clothes all the time because I thought that made me look skinnier. Um, and then to have this person, um, I think of I think of us visionaries as as pieces of flint where we strike the flint and the spark gets thrown into someone, you know, into, inside somebody else. And then the embers catch and we start reading those pages and we find, start to find hope. And then we find God and then we start to recover and the light, you know, and then inside our souls, our, the, the light begins to glow. And then we, we shed our clothing, our dark clothing, and then we step outdoors and start to join um, you know, people again, and it's such a beautiful experience. And um, I just, I'm, I'm just so ever grateful to Bill W. and Dr. Bob and Dr. Silkworth because they, they do not even know the millions. Well, they do, but, but really, like you know, from going from alcoholism to all the different A programs, the 12-step programs, and, and now you know, I, me personally, being an OA and what a huge epidemic this is and it's helping so many millions of people and um you know to be part of that movement is just a beautiful thing so thank you so much and i pass thank you rita s we have terry h followed by sherry kb 
Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., a recovered compulsive reader in North Carolina. I'm very grateful today. Uh, the beautiful leaves are changing. It's just amazing um, how I can be present and experience all this. In the in the reading, you know, the doctor, this doctor, the broker, um, Bill learned from uh, Dr. Silkworth the grave nature of the alcoholism. For me, I definitely identify with that. The multiple times that I have been in the hospital, uh, getting my body back into physical fitness, um, I learned much about my illness, the grave nature of my illness from these medical professionals while I was in the hospital. But that didn't keep me from uh, compulsively eating and bulimia and anorexia. You know, I had a disease. And it took, you know, another person's, in uh with the similar disease that I have their their message their message of weight and depth to share with me um their experience strength and hope and you know and to take to to jump in that hole with me and take me through the steps you know I am so grateful for that because the message the solution is in this big book and it's in it's in the steps and um you know when i went through that process and i had my spiritual experience you know my work today is to share the message you know i work my program you know daily and working with others and even in face-to-face meetings um you know it's very important to me to share the solution and what the solution is and I, you know, I'm just so grateful for that. And, you know, these early pioneers who brought this together, um, you know, it, it takes one compulsive overeater to share their message, you know, their experience, strength, and hope with another compulsive overeater. You know, and I identify in, I identify in with Bill and with many, many people on the lines that I hear and in the face-to-face meetings. And I'm just grateful for, um, you know, these tools and my uh, higher power, you know, and how I can use that in my everyday life. You know, my I have a dog. His name is Duke. He's a Weimaraner. He was very sick last night, and right now he's sleeping. But, you know, it was very stressful for me. And just to, for me to take a moment and breathe and, and be connected with my higher power, I was able to help him through his process. You know, I wasn't in my disease. I wasn't in my selfishness. I wasn't in my self-sufficiency, you know, anything. I was just trusting and doing the best I can. I was showing up and paying attention. And, you know, I I thank these steps. I thank the Oxford group. I'm grateful for them and, um, you know, and everybody on the line that shows up every day and shares the message. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Terry H. And we have Sherry KB followed by Kathleen O. Good morning, Chrissy. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful recovered compulsive reader. Thank you so much for your service, Chrissy, and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. And I'm just going to jump right in here. And I love people talk about the spark and uh, how a sudden uh, spiritual experience Bill had that helped him uh, get get recovered and you know what i want to talk about here is that grave nature of our disease you know i didn't realize that i was digging a grave with a fork for years i didn't realize i was doing that i didn't realize how um, this was death on the layaway plan for me um, until i got into this book until look at all the people that helped um, 
uh, have Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, what it's telling me is, Sherry, you can't do this alone. And I was trying to do it alone. And I can't do it alone. I can't do it without you guys. I can't especially do it without my higher power. I've never been able to stay abstinent without my higher power's help happily. I'll put it that way. And I just, I look at this village of people, these amazing people that brought us here today on this phone line, 2017, if it weren't for Bill and Bob and Ebby and Dr. Silkworth and actually Harry Tybalt. He was a major uh, important guy in this as well. He's not brought in this particular page in the Oxford group, uh, which, you know, we, we borrowed six, you know, six of their ideas and we thank God, have 12 steps, and um, I'm just so grateful for this group, and without this, and without really reading the doctor's opinion, I never got that I had a two-fold illness, and how grave it really was, and because of that, and going through this book is how I've recovered, and so can you, and I'm so grateful for that, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sherry KB. We have Kathleen O, followed by Wendy M., Good morning. Thank you, Chrissy. This is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in uh, California, and it's great to be on the line with all of you this morning and hear all your great shares. Um, so Dr. Silkworth, he was a medical saint. If it wasn't for him, I don't know that I would be here. And, um, you know, this grave nature, I mean, a grave is a hole in the ground, right, where dead bodies are placed. And it comes from the Latin word heavy, uh, you know, serious, and this was a serious, um, you know, disease for me, still is, and I have to take it seriously, um, because it doesn't go away, I'm not going to be cured, and there's something um, that you can find online, it's in Bill W.'s uh, handwriting, and he wrote it April 1953, um, those tenants of the Oxford group, and and he wrote, one, admitted hopeless, two, got, got honest with self, three, got honest with another, four, made amends, five, helped others without demand, and six, prayed to God as you understood him. And these are really simple, simple steps to follow. And, you know, an AA was, um, was built by, by this spark. It's like it, not one person did it. And it's, it just always amazes me how really good things in life can happen when people come together and, you know, they're not in it for anything um, except to help other people and make things better for other people. And that's what this program is, is all based on. And I just, I'm just very grateful that I can be a part of it today. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we have Kath. Thank you, Kathleen. We have Wendy M. up next. Yes, good morning, Wendy M. Uh, recovered gratefully in Boulder, Colorado. And thank you all for your service today. And um, yeah, I, I would just start off, it's a spark. You know, again, it's, you know, it's, that's pretty powerful. That's um, almost all chemical, you know, like how um, it's not just a conversation that I had a year and a half ago with my sponsor. Um, it's not just a talk. It was a revolutionary moment. Um, it was a spark, you know, and I, I've been in the program 16 years. I don't remember any of these words. I, I don't even know if I read the forewords at all. 
Um, and I certainly didn't hear the word entire abstinence. I certainly didn't know it was a, um, a physical malady as well as a mental obsession. Um, and that's what made this whole experience revolutionary for me. It was a complete and total change. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of amazing to me um, this, this other piece they have here, um, well, the grave nature of alcoholism, that turned me around. That was, a re again, a revolutionary moment um, when we read the doctor's opinion. I read the doctor's opinion yesterday with um, someone who's going through the steps again, you know, and um, how amazing that this is not a moral issue. How amazing that this is not about my weak-willed um, willpower, that I have none. Or, you know, if I was just a better person, I could um, lay off the food. And that's not the case at all. I have a physical allergy. When I go to a restaurant, I say to the person, I'm allergic to flour and sugar of all kinds. Um, that's all I say. It's very simple. I do not have to bring the big book to the chef and show them exactly what this malady is. I know now I have a physical allergy and an obsession of the mind. I have to be entirely abstinent. I understand this now like I've never understood it before. 15 years, never heard these words before, you know, um, and that is, again, a revolutionary moment, the grave nature of alcoholism. Thank you, God, for Dr. Silkworth. Um, and then it finally says uh, moral inventory, and what, you know, I never got to my part before. You guys were always to blame. I never, ever knew I had a part, and for today, that part, my part, every morning when I'm disturbed, First thing I do is what's my part, and I get right to it, and it frees me up. It gives me freedom. It gives me relief from the bondage of self, and that's a miraculous experience. That is a transformational experience. I can only change myself. I cannot change you, um, and that in and of itself gives me that freedom. It's an unbelievably brilliant, brilliant program, um, and when I'm willing to look at my part, when I'm willing to work these steps, um, I get to be freed up. I get to be completely connected um, with God, and I get to be useful to another human being. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wendy M. And we have just a few minutes left if we have one or two shares to speak for two minutes or less. Page XD, forward to the second edition, third paragraph only. Who would like to share? This would be Paula D. Paula D. And Ellie, that's it. Thank you. Paula, can you share? Yes, I can. And I am just going to ask you to repeat, um, if I may. Thank you first for your service and asking this. Where did we end? Did we end with the alcoholic turned out to be the Akron physician? Or do I have that? It wrong? was one paragraph. So it was the next page. We started on one page and went to XII. And we ended with dependence upon God. So it was okay. just the one paragraph. Okay, thank you. You know, I wanted to be in the correct place, and here I am mm -hmm. in the correct place, and I thank you for your service. Yes, and there it ended with dependence of God, and I guess I would also say it began with, for me, dependence upon God. As we read this and we see what comes alive in these words, from the doctor the broker had learned the grave nature of it as alcoholism. And you know, it has been so... Mm, I hate to say, um, dug into, but yes, that word grave, it's an ending. Best disease is an ending. 
unless there is a new beginning, and the beginning must be in recovery. My name is Paula D., and I say it happily and gladly. I am recovered by and with the grace of God. I no longer need to look at that grave in fear because it's not there for me at this point, not through this disease. A grave will be there, but not through this disease. Do you see, now I get to live. And it said, and I love this part, he was convinced. He was convinced of the need for moral inventory. Moral inventory, what does that mean? The truth. What was I always running away from? The truth. Confession of personality defects. To look at who I was, but not alone. Not alone. Somehow it eased the burden. That's what we do for each other. We're not there to shame. We're there to walk alongside. And to to come to, and this is the part, to come to, to those harmed, helpfulness to others, and of the necessity, and I will end here, of belief in. Belief in something other than myself, which failed me all the time. I had to know there was more. And I had to know that I wanted more from life. And the only way was to do this here, depend upon God. I tried it myself many times, many ways, many places. And then finally, finally when I was still, and I heard, and I listened to the still small voice that was within, and I followed it this time. Thank you for allowing me this time to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. Ellie, we just have a brief um, bit of time if you want to end it up. Ellie F, press star one. Okay, this is Chrissy G. And I just wanted to share that dependence upon God is my sole purpose today. And that, you know, God has disciplined me um, because of this program, because of these steps. And I've been able to live in a reality now that helps me to live a life free of compulsive overeating. And for that, I am so unbelievably grateful. And with that, I pass. Okay, so we will now close the with the reading from the big book on page 164, and that would be Carrie S. Please read for us. Hey, Chrissy. Thank you so much for your recovery. Today, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you excuse me, something you haven't got. So see to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults. To your fellow, to him and to your fellows, clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. You, we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. <laughs>